surveillance back then. Thank you, Dave. Um, you would go to my house and you could set up surveillance and you could try to figure out whether I go in and out of that house or not. You could uh, get a search warrant. You could go in my house and you could try to search through some things, find some documents that maybe have uh, my name on it, bills, letters to me, catalogs, those types of things. Or one of the best things that you could do is you could try to find out if there is any um, fingerprint evidence to prove that I live there. You know, if that is, in fact, my dwelling house, then my fingerprints ought to be all over the place. You could go check some of the, the dishes. You could you could check the microwave. You could check the toothbrush. You could check the remote control, because if I live there, my fingerprints are going to be all over the remote control. Now, I want to look through this window of creation tonight to see what we can figure out about God. Find out the things that we can we can learn about God. The very first words in the Bible say that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, if you don't go any further than just that, if you just believe those first four words that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, then you're going to go a long ways towards believing everything that's in the Bible. Now, I just want to ask you a few things about God. When you start looking at creation, what do you learn about God? We learn that he's powerful. God just spoke the words is what the Bible tells us. And he he created the world. He spoke. He said, let there be light. And there was light. And so God teaches us a whole bunch of things just through his creation. And I want you to think about the incredible variety. God is a creative God, but he likes variety. And in his variety, you know, I read the other day that uh, there are over 300,000 species of beetles. Now, to me, that seems like a little bit of, of creative overkill, you know. Couldn't God have, have gotten by with, you know, say, 2,000 species of beetles, something like that? But instead, God, when he made the world, he created this masterpiece. And I want to ask you, when, whenever you see some, uh, some painting and you think it's just this really great painting, do you in your mind, do you say, you know... Um, those, those colors must have decided billions of years ago, you know, they had some type of committee meeting and they decided to form themselves together and they decided what order they would go on the canvas and they would create this nice, wonderful masterpiece. Is that what you think? No. What you think is, you know, you admire the talent of the painter whenever you see a painting. Whenever you see one of those big skyscrapers like in Dallas or Houston or Chicago, great architecture, or you see the pyramids or you see one of the... The castles from England or over in Europe. Do you think that, you know, billions and billions of years ago, some raindrops just kind of came down and and uh, they decided to to create some bricks. And then, you know, through the, the, just adding time and maybe, you know, I guess they had to have some help to get where they uh, were on top of each other. So, you know, a few hurricanes, maybe a few dozen uh, tornadoes, something like that. These bricks suddenly began to form themselves together in this magnificent Magnificent uh, structure. Is that what you believe? No. You admire the talent of, of the architect. And whenever you see a painting, you think there must be a painter. Whenever um, you see a building, you think there must be a builder. And whenever I see a creation, I think there must logically be a creator. And when I think about God, I am in awe of his power and his majesty and his creativity. Move this along a little bit. Hey, David. 
some paper towels over there. Will you grab me a paper towel real quick? You just set it right there. Thank you. See, just like when you were in these groups. Yeah, man. Come do this for me. Ah, yeah. You offer. Thank you. There was once was a man who dared to talk to God. And he said, God, burn the bush like you did for Moses and I'll follow you. He said, knock down a wall like you did for Joshua at Jericho. And I'll fight for you, God. Make the waves stand still like you did for your disciples on the Sea of Galilee. And I'll listen to you, God. And I'll look for you everywhere. And then he sat down by a bush close to a wall near the sea, and he waited for God to answer. And God heard the man, and God answered. And God sent fire, not for a bush, but for his bride, and we call that the church. And God knocked down a wall, but it wasn't a wall of bricks, it was the wall of sin that separated humans from God. And God calmed the storm, not of the seas, but the storm of men's souls. And then God waited for the man to respond. And he waited and he waited and he waited. But since the man was looking at uh, bushes and not hearts, bricks and not lives, seas and not souls, he decided that God had not responded, that God had done nothing. And finally he looked up and he said, God, have you lost your power? And God looked at him and he said, son, have you lost your sight? Because God is all around us and you can see his fingerprints in all of creation. He was looking in the wrong places, so he missed God. You know, we spend most of our Christmas season looking for things. We search for things. We look for the greatest gift, the perfect um, uh, decoration ornament that goes on the tree. We look for the best parking spot. And uh, we spend all of our time looking for things. And there were a lot of people the very first Christmas who missed Christmas because they were looking for the wrong things. And uh, the people who missed the king coming 2,000 years ago... They missed him, not because they were evil or because they were mean. It was because they were looking at the wrong things. The only people who saw the first Christmas who enjoyed it were the people who were looking for it. In Luke chapter 2, the angels came to the shepherds and they said, Behold, you will find a child wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. So the shepherds said, Let's go see. And they found the Savior because they knew where to look for him. A little bit later, we hear about another group and we call them the wise men. They found the Savior because they were looking for him that first Christmas. Most people miss him, though. And don't you know, as Mary and Joseph looked at that little infant lying on that bed of hay, maybe they, they tilted their head to the side and they said, what in the world are you doing, God? Or maybe better phrased, God, what are you doing in the world? And I think if God were to respond to that question, that God would say, well, I came to show you how much I love you. Watch me speak your language, sleep on your earth, feel your hurts. Behold, the maker of sight and sound as he sneezes and coughs and blows his nose. You want to know if I understand how you feel? Look into the eyes of the little kid from Nazareth. That's God walking to school. Think about the toddler at Mary's table. That's God spilling his milk. Do I know how you feel? Of course, I know how you feel. If Jesus really was the son of God, what would you expect him to be able to do? If he was the one who helped create this masterpiece, here's what I would expect Jesus to be able to do. I would expect him to have power over the nature that he created. And we're told on more than one occasion, he would be in a a boat on the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. 
And it would be one of those types of storms where these fishermen, these guys who had been living, um, they made their livelihood as fishermen. They were in the type of storm that it was tie yourself to the mast and kiss your boat goodbye because we're going down storm. And Jesus stands up and he says, peace be still. And it says that the waves became like glass. And these rugged, uneducated, tough fishermen fell on their faces and they said, you really are the son of God. If Jesus really was the son of God, the evidence that I would expect to see is I would expect him to have power over diseases. And we're told that when Jesus in his three year public ministry, whenever he would be going to any region, it says that everyone in the countryside brought their loved ones, their friends who were sick or who had some type of injury so that Jesus could heal them. He healed blind people. He healed lepers. He healed deaf people. He even healed one lady from a distance of 38 miles just by speaking the words. Jesus did have power over diseases. And, you know, if Jesus really was the son of God, the evidence that I would want to see is I would want to see that he had power over death. And one time Jesus was walking along with his disciples and he sees the funeral processional of a young boy and his mom walking beside. Jesus walks up to the casket and with the tone of a teacher telling her students to sit down or the authority of a mom telling her children to get in out of the rain. Jesus commands the dead boy not to be dead anymore. And the dead boy obeys. So the men lower the casket. And all of a sudden you see that the skin color comes back. Arms that used to be stiff began to move. And he jumps up out of the casket and he grabs his mom. Dead people don't usually do that. Unless they've heard from the son of God. Jesus really was the son of God. His fingerprints are all over this world. But most people aren't looking, so they're going to miss him. The Bible says, seek and you will find. God says, if you'll seek me with all your heart, I promise you will not be disappointed. So I don't want you to miss him this year. I want to give you a chance to receive the greatest gift ever. Just for a second, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you want to receive that gift of the one who created you... And loves you so much that he'd rather die than live without you. All you have to do is say this. God, I've messed up my life. I want you to forgive me of my sins. And lead me and make me the person you want me to be. And if you did that tonight, the Bible says that you are now in the family of God. And the reason we built this church was for folks like you. So we could help you get to know him better. So you could connect with other people. You could connect with God. And we want to know about that. Just out of curiosity. If any of you prayed that prayer tonight, you said, God, I've messed up and I want you to forgive my sins and leave me. Would you just raise your hand real quick and then put it back down? Very cool. You are now a child of God. And there's some things that I want to talk to you about. So we'll check that out later. Now, we're going to end tonight. We're glad that you came. And everybody should have received a uh, candle. And those of you who have the uh, aim and flames, if you will go ahead and start wherever you are, start uh, lighting candles. And we're going to sing Silent Night. We'll turn off all the lights except the Christmas lights. And I want you to think about this as you celebrate Christmas this year. I want you to look around for evidence that there is a God. Look into the eyes of a child who has nothing but hope. Look into nature. And then look into the lives of people who claim to be followers of God. And I bet if you look hard enough, you'll find that evidence. Yeah, y'all can just share with each other once you get them. Just pass it around. You can do it just with the candles. Me too, buddy.
Caleb's hungry. I'm hungry too, buddy. We'll get something to eat in just a second. I promise. You cut those lights back there, Wes. Back on that back wall. Think about the words as we sing. Whenever you're ready, Dave. All you can see is his legs now that I covered him up. Sigh.